0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo, presented by Thin Man Brewery. As always, I'm Brendan.
1: And I'm Taylor.
0: And Taylor, we've been off for a couple of weeks here, so it's good to be back with you to, uh, to talk some Sabres, my man. Yeah. Uh, but before we get to that, though, I just wanted to acknowledge and say a few words about why we've had this unexpected two-week break Uh, I'll preface this also by saying we're going to be talking about some heavy stuff here for a few minutes just to give everybody a bit of a heads up. Uh, Almost two weeks ago, I had received the worst phone call I've ever received in my life. My sister Jennifer suddenly passed away. Uh, Jen was only 33 years old and was the middle child in the family with me being the youngest and my sister Megan being the oldest If you listened to our last episode, I was unfortunately in Las Vegas when I had gotten the call, so I immediately made travel arrangements to get home, and after what felt like an eternity, I made it back to Buffalo and was able to be with my family. Uh, Now, understandably, many of you are probably thinking, 33 years old, what happened? Well, for years, my sister was in the thick of a pretty ruthless battle with her mental health. She had a diagnosis, but as so many people do, struggled with properly addressing these issues due to both her own battles and a lack of resources that would have actually had the impact that she needed to get better. Uh, we're, of course, so lucky to have so many wonderful social workers, psychiatrists, therapists, etc. in New York State. However, many of those folks are forced to work in overcrowded facilities and experience a lack of resources and funding and, co- and a lack of comprehensive programs that get to the root of people's issues when it comes to mental health, addiction, and the intersection of those two things. It ultimately culminated with my sister taking her own life. Um... Jen, though, however, uh, was far more than her struggles with her mental health. She had a personality that could be best described as electrifying. Like she could go into a conversation with literally anybody for the first time and come out being their best friend 20 minutes later. She was easily the most passionate person I have ever and, and ever will know in my entire life. She was brilliantly smart and convinced that the world needed to be changed and that she was going to be the one to do it. She worked in politics for quite a while, most notably when she lived in Minnesota and was working in the state capitol for a few years, and when she eventually moved back to Buffalo, she continued her commitment to making a difference in the community and just supported so many causes that supported marginalized folks throughout the area. Uh, She was also a part of Buffalo's comedy scene and was progressively crushing it more and more with her stand-up as she kept going. She hosted a a wide variety of events from burlesque shows to community fundraisers. She was so supportive of the local music and art scene and has probably been my biggest supporter over the years and my passion for for playing and writing music. Jen was involved in pretty much all walks of life in, in Buffalo in some capacity or another. And because of that, had known an ungodly amount of people in this city and in Minneapolis and in Boston when she had lived there. And she made every one of those relationships count, you know, because she made people feel heard and feel valued and and feel like they had a friend, even if they had just met. And so much of the things that make me the person that I am are a direct result of my sister's Jen influence on me. You know, the way I dress, the music I listen to, my politics, my sense of humor, my love for writing, that's all my sister Jen and I would watch her as we both grew up and into adulthood and was consistently in awe of her. And I looked up to her and wanted to be like her. And as much as she was my big sister, she was also my best friend. Um, I'm not telling you all of this to like overshare or anything like that. I'm saying all of this because mental health, addiction, self-harm, and, and suicide are things that impact just about every single person on earth in one way or another. If you personally haven't struggled or think that you don't know somebody who has struggled, I can guarantee you, you are connected one way or another to somebody who this shit has affected. It not only touches countless lives, it takes them to. And that's why we need to be there for one another and and just really have each other's backs. That's also why, more importantly, we need to show up for ourselves and, and take care of ourselves and love ourselves. You know, not to be preachy or anything, but it's the truth and it's an everyday, lifelong journey. And again, like I'm saying this, like I, I know we have a wide listenership and, you know, not to, to sound like whatever, but like people are listening to this right now. And I very much appreciate you all kind of listening as I'm I'm opening up about this. But I, I just want you to know that, you know, for anybody that if you, you feel like you're struggling and you're not sure what to do about it or you're, you're maybe you're unwilling to accept help or you're afraid to admit that you need help, but you know that just like something's up and you just don't know what to do. Please know that you do not deserve to struggle alone and the people closest to you just want to be there for you. And more than that though, everybody deserves to feel loved. Everybody deserves to feel happiness and everybody deserves help when they're going through it. And I know that everyone comes from their own circumstances and upbringings, situations, backgrounds, but I promise you no matter what, it's not the answer and it can and will get better. And I also want to say in like true Gen fashion that you know, though we as a society and and more so, though, like corporations and, and most of all politicians will say stuff like mental health matters or if you see something wrong with a loved one, reach out to get them help. But the reality of the situation is that these deeply complex issues aren't being treated properly by the people in power in the ways that they need to be. You know, the resources available to folks in different states and communities throughout the U.S. are not all created equal and the time is long overdue for the country to provide the necessary funding and innovative kinds of thinking that are needed to address these complex issues in the ways that we as a country are so obviously capable of, but choose not to. If these companies and politicians want to say mental health matters, then it's time to start acting like it. So to wrap things up, I I just want to say though, you know, first and foremost, like thank you to to you, Taylor, and to all of my friends, both like personal and through social media for the kind words over these past two weeks. You know, my best friends like Taylor have, have really just stepped up for me and my family more than I really could have imagined. And other friends and folks who I'm not as close with have also just been overwhelming with their kindness and compassion. And I also want to just give a huge thank you to my dad, to my sister Megan, and to Jen's partner slash my forever brother Jake for being the most incredible humans. I'm beyond grateful to call you family and I'm beyond grateful to call my friends my friends. And again, I just want to say thank you so much to everybody who's been so kind to my family and has been so beautifully honoring my sister Jen and her legacy. Please, everyone, take care of yourself. And when you have the capacity, be there for your friends and your loved ones when they need it. Time is just, it's too fucking precious to waste. So make the most of your time in this life and treat yourself and others with the love and respect that we all deserve.
1: All right. Good job, bud.
0: Thanks, Taylor. Thanks heavy stuff I know. And I appreciate everybody who, who stuck around and, and listened through. I just, I felt the need to get through that. Cause again, like I said, you know, people like listen and we do have this microphone in front of us and people listen every week. And you know, if there's even anybody out there that just like hearing some of that, like it resonates with you or you feel like shit, like maybe I need to, this is like a wake up call. I, I need for help, like whatever it is, you know, like just know that people are there, man, and, and you don't have to go through this shit alone, and it's just, you know, there's always another way. That is just never the answer, and again, you know, last of all, just again, thank you so much to all of our listeners, too. Like, I know some people have tweeted when, you know, Taylor had put out that we had some some personal stuff going on. Uh, I just really appreciate everybody's support and and kindness and compassion, and I hope that, you know, just you know, we can all kind of show that to each other in the ways that my sister did to other people too.
1: For sure, for sure, and thanks to uh, the Hockey pod nut and to Thin Man and uh, for being understanding. Right, I've been able to do. Yeah, Charging Buffalo. That. Yeah, charging thank Buffalo's you guys. So
0: lovely, yeah. yeah, for sure, DraftKings as well. Like, thank yep. you all for just being understanding and 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 being cool about this and letting us uh, you know take a couple couple weeks off there to just deal with and just everything that has kind of come with that in the moment so i appreciate it but with that being said there's been a lot that has happened in the world of the buffalo Sabres since we talked last taylor they sure has went on a nice little eight game losing streak followed it up by scoring 13 goals in the span of two games and then lost to the devils so lots has been happening here Continued strong play from the top line, I think, is one of the the hallmarks of the season so far. The top storylines. Tage Thompson continuing a strong play from last year, 26 points in 21 games, 13 goals, 13 assists. The entire top line right now is playing at a point-per-game pace with Tuck and Skinner both with 21 points in 21 games. Rasmus Dahlin continuing his dominant play with 23 points in 20 games. Uh, this wonderful new second line that we have that I think needs to be the second line for the next like 15 years of, well, maybe like 10 years, like Dylan Cousins centering Jack Quinn and J.J. Paterka. They've been looking fantastic. Quinn has really seemed to come alive here a bit and is really starting to assert himself as a, a dominant offensive presence. Matias Samuelson returned from injury, which has been a huge thing we've been talking about. So, Taylor, let's just kind of talk through the, uh, the time that we missed since we recorded last. What are some of your observations, and you know what are we really looking forward to coming up here in this next slate of games starting on Monday against the Tampa Bay Lightning?
1: Well, starting with the two games they won scoring 13 goals there and uh in back-to-back nights. That was really um unexpected given how yeah. things had been going. Uh obviously beating Montreal that was really cool and it's I think kind of validating. I think even though Montreal is ahead of us points-wise, I think when when it's all said and done we will be ahead of the Canadians. Agreed. Uh and that, so it's good to to go there and be like we're you know we're better than them. Uh the the following night uh was the first Sabres game I have attended in person this year. To see them play the St. Louis Blues, Uh, obviously a really fun game. Pretty much all the way through, the Sabers looked dominant. It wasn't even just like Jordan Binnington did have a bad game. Yeah, we can all agree. But it wasn't just that though. Like on offense, they looked they were relentless on the forecheck, and you saw so many impressive plays. I mean, even they they could have had two other goals. Tage was on the doorstep one time, and I believe Skinner had another one that he couldn't put away. But Skinner scored an awesome goal. Uh, Tage made an incredible move on a play where he didn't score, and everyone else, like like you said, Samuelson coming back has been so big for the defense. They looked like a totally different unit back there. And honestly, one of my favorite games of the year, aside from the fact that two of my good friends that were sitting next to me got thrown up on (laughs) by a girl in the row behind us, that was definitely the. the, This is a real story.
0: Taylor told me before we started recording. Yeah, here's the thing. Oh,
1: I've never so I've been to a lot of Sabres games in my life, uh, probably Mm -hmm. in the hundreds. I've never seen someone throw up at a Sabres game. An adult woman at eight thirty PM throwing up some people can't handle Thanksgiving Eve, I guess, is the is the answer to that. (laughs) Luckily though, shout out to the people behind us who had babies with them because they had baby wipes. No way. Helped out some of my friends, yeah. Yeah, nobody also, is
0: more prepared for di- for disaster to strike than than parents. Parents of young babies. Yes, yeah. they are ready for anything. And they
1: also had those big headphones on the babies. So that <laughs> that must loud. have been amazing. Yeah, because I I don't think they're ba- they're like little babies. So mm-hmm. like, you know it's probably too loud for them. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that was the only bad part of the game. Everything else was awesome. The goaltending looked good. They they just looked way better than St. Louis, which is interesting. St. Louis has not had uh, an ideal year, you wouldn't say, in net or anywhere else. Nope. But yeah, it's good. Like I said, you know, the kind of they, the way they looked at Montreal. Like, yeah, our offense is dangerous. Our defense is competent. And in that case, in those two games, they got decent goaltending. Mm-hmm. And then I would even look at Friday night. You would know better because you were there for that one. Yep. I look at that as like, so, so weird to be saying this about the Devils, but like a valiant effort against a team that's better than you.
0: No joke. You are... I think the third person that I've had that exact conversation with of being like, prefacing it by saying, I cannot believe I'm saying this, but we lost to the more skilled team tonight. The Devils. The Devils. Like, come on. Really the Lindy just, Ruff led Devils, oh I God, should say. Oh God,
1: I know. It, it just, it feels like it happened all of a sudden. But every year, there's always a team, sometimes multiple teams in the first half of the year that it's like, whoa, look at this. And sometimes that carries on all the way through the playoffs. That was a Devils one year, yeah. like five years ago. Uh, it was Colorado once, Toronto once. It, it's happened to all different kinds of teams. Sometimes they collapse near the end of the year. Sometimes it's the Sabres. And it's just like a quarter way into the season, is this team for real? And there's all these indicators that like, eh, they're probably not really this good, but they have banked points, so they might make the playoffs. That that literally only hasn't been true it was the right. Sabres. But uh, right. but anyway, this year it's like, no, the Devils are like, not they're, their underlying numbers exceed how good they've been. They're 18-4. and four. But it's like they're not getting lucky in any way. Their goaltending is barely above average. I mean, Astonishing,
0: though, because they've had so many uh, injuries in that, too.
1: Yeah. It's It's unreal. Yeah, their goaltending has not been carrying them the way these teams that get off the hot starts usually are. No, not at at all. Look at how good Vegas' goaltending has been, weirdly. Look at how good Linus Olmark. Linus, baby. And everyone else is in Boston. uh, Swayman as well. No, they're just getting pretty good goaltending from Vanacek and... uh, McKenzie Blackwood and and now Schmid is now has been playing for them a
0: little bit, but Vanek has really stepped up. I mean, they and they've had injuries in that there too. Can I ask you something because I've been thinking about this a bit? You know, we talk about with Granado, his strengths. The you know, in the context of Darlene and Tage with his unlocking of them. Yeah, is it fair to say you think that Lindy Ruff has had the same effect on Jack Hughes given his ascension since Lindy Ruff's arrival in New Jersey? Because yeah. it kind of feels like it's like the antithesis of Lindy's style, but at the same time,
1: it's... it's What is Lindy's style? I don't though. know. That's Because uh, Lindy coached the Sabres when they were the highest scoring team in the league, and he coached them when they were kind of bums getting carried by Hashick. And But they when they were quote-unquote bums, I know people are going to take exception with that. They did try to play, like they played tough. Like in the mid-90s, they were like, you have to deal with Ray May and Barnaby. But even after that, they were pretty decent-ish. Or they tried to be a decent defensive team that would right. hit you and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. So I don't know that he has a style. Because he was also the highest scoring coach. Or coach the highest scoring team in Dallas once.
0: But also his defensive style in Dallas, I feel like, was then his like undo Or his lack of offense, if punch, I feel like, was also his undoing in Dallas. But he's Eventually. such a weird trajectory it almost makes you wonder like is Lindy a guy that you know because we hear about like Bilesma for example like when we hired Bilesma I think a big thing with him was people were excited about it because it felt like he you know in his interviews that he was saying in the off season that he was studying the game while he was off and that he was trying to like learn more of like the evolution of the game and like trending towards like the style in which the league Mm. was going sure right which I we all know is like bullshit you know, but, I, and I feel like when most traditional hockey guys say that, it's probably just for maybe rehabbing their image more than anything else, but could it be the case with Lindy? Like, was it a matter of him being like, yo, my job is on the line right now, and we have these young, skilled guys, They literally and... bought
1: in the Jack Adams winner from last year. Not the Jack Adams winner, the Jack Adams runner-up. Yeah. To be an assistant coach. Yep. So, that's probably, it's, you know, not a huge vote of confidence. Right, for, right. But, yeah. No, it definitely works. Uh, did you see the crowd in New Jersey chanting, Sorry, Lindy, uh, recently? Because they chanted Fire Lindy. Amazing. Early in the year. I love that. Yeah, that was I Well, it's good that. to admit when you were wrong. But, yeah, it's wild. I mean, the Devils really could. I mean, the way they're playing, there's no reason they uh, shouldn't be in the Eastern Conference Finals. Which Jesus. Crazy to say, but like. That's a sentence. Yeah, I'm mean, looking at it. They're like, okay, the Islanders have been pretty good. But they're the Islanders. They are what they are. Yeah. Uh, Carolina's been pretty good, but they haven't been as strong of late. Uh, Pittsburgh's been better of late, but Pittsburgh's death isn't, depth isn't great, and their goaltending—how much you trust it? The Capitals have not been good. Mm-mm. And then you—I mean—you look in uh, this, the other conference, obviously. So they could win that, or the, not the other conference, the other division, they could win that division, and then playoffs-wise, you know, beat two of those teams and move on. And then you'd have to say Boston, at the moment, be favored to come out of the other side of it.
0: Mm -hmm. No, that's very fair. Well, with the Sabres, though, getting back to them, they're kind of back to where we maybe thought that they were a little bit, at least I think maybe more so probably where I thought. I think I was a little bit more pessimistic about this year. They currently sit with the seventh lowest amount of points in the league this year, only ahead of Arizona, San Jose, Chicago, Ottawa, Columbus, and Anaheim. So... Exactly, actually, where tough, I had them, Ottawa. with the exception of swapping Ottawa and Philadelphia, but Philadelphia, after their strong start, has totally come back down to earth, and it seems as though the Carter Hart that we thought we knew from the past couple of years has returned. Unfortunately for them,
1: yeah, that's uh... so. Do you see the guy? Oh, what's his name? Jim Matheson, who's a uh... he's been covering the Oilers since basically oh, before God, Gretzky started. Yeah. He has very kind of. <laughs> Horrible
0: know. opinions on things. Yeah,
1: he has, like, real kind of uh, old guy opinions, I would say. But he's also been kind of weirdly way, way, way too friendly to the Oilers over the years, considering how bad everything's been there. mm mm-hmm. uh, And he... But he had a, a tweet defending Tortorella, which, honestly, I would... I mean, I can defend Tortorella, too. Like, they're not... The Flyers are not going to be good this year. They have a terrible talent. And he was... He basically... He said two very funny things in the tweet, where he's like, you can't get blood out of a stone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was like, even Glenn Hall couldn't, uh, Carter Hart can't be Glenn Hall. And I looked at that and I was like, who the hell is Glenn Hall? (laughs) (laughs) What what does he mean by that? And it turns out Glenn Hall, uh, I didn't know this was a goalie in the fifties and sixties, but pre, uh, pre-expansion, basically. He was the original, original six era goalie, still alive, but he's in his nineties. And it's like, why wouldn't you use the many, many examples of guys you've covered in your career? He covered the, I think, overrated, but still in the Hall of Fame, Grant Fuhrer. That could have been an example he used. He also could have covered, you know, beloved Canadian Patrick Waugh. He could have said Hashit. could have said Brodeur. Like, why the hell did he go with a guy who was born in the 1930s? I don't know. It's, it's a wild example, but I think that's. Nothing
0: more than a name flex.
1: Yeah. It's like uh, when the one time I think Damien Cox was like, I, I watched, uh, I loved watching Howie Morenz. Back In the day, I was like, Howie Marenz? what are you talking? To? You're gonna lie when Howie <laughs> Marenz played, retired in the 40s. Anyway, I don't know how I brought that up, but I don't know
0: how we got there Let's either. Let's move
1: on. Uh, do we want to do um hear from our sponsors real quick? I uh, think
0: that would be a lovely idea. Should we hear from DraftKings first?
1: Um, yes, hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just five dollars pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $100 in free in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details and responsible gambling resources. All right, and now
0: let's talk about our other sponsor and our presenting sponsor of this podcast, Thin Man Brewery. So as we all know, Thin Man has a couple of locations, one on Elmwood and a newer one on Chandler Street Street. Do you have a preference between the two out of curiosity,
1: Taylor? Well, it depends. Like, if it's just a night out, Elmwood, just because it's near the other Elmwood stuff. But the event space, the Chandler one, I went to the Chandler Street one for a wedding for my friend Carrie Kennedy and her husband, John. Uh, This was two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Great event space upstairs. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're you're looking to host a, I don't know, a wedding, if you're getting married. But also, if you're, let's say you got a promotion party for someone to celebrate your friend or someone's uh turning 30 not not that anyone here is going to turn 30 no soon or ever never um (laughs) or if you know let's say even a college graduation party for someone or a retirement party or really you just want to go to a big friggin' party with your friends rent out that room hell uh, yeah event event space upstairs on the chandler street location great stuff uh both locations have uh thin man's ever-growing selection of beers available uh, if, you're, if you're looking for that, I'm, just I'm a, crazy a fan. Amount.
0: And the cocktail selection is pretty damn good, too, at 100%. both locations. Which is great. Like, for me, like, I mean, I can get down with, you know, some sours and other stuff. I'm not traditionally not a big beer guy. I'm, for me, like, I, I typically tend to like a little bit more on, like, the cocktail side of things or just, like, mixed drinks. And that that's kind of the beautiful thing about Thin Man is, like, if you're a beer lover, then it's the place for you. But also, though, if you're not a beer lover... There's still plenty of great stuff that you can get your hands on there. Whether it's cocktails, mixed drinks, and then that also extends to food too, which their food menu is oh, caught us the the Bills game there. Uh, when when did the we the Jets go again? game? The Jets so game, three right? Weeks ago. Yeah, horrible, horrible, game. horrible game. <laughs> but wonderful company, wonderful food, wonderful drinks. We were playing catch across the street. There was a big. Uh, there's a big apartment building directly across the street, and we were on the second floor of Thin Man. We were literally throwing the football across Elmwood, across yep. the street to the roof of this place. So you never know what you're going to get when you go to Thin Man. Maybe you get to play football against somebody. Maybe you get to have a good drink. Maybe you get to watch the Jets somehow know how to play football. And uh,
1: remember, their chicken sandwich, Straight Up Saber certified. Certified. It was the first one we certified straight before straight they became our sponsor.
0: And on top of all of this great stuff, Taylor, that we're talking about here for the hangs, the good times, the chilling, they also have a brand
1: new beer that's going to be rolling out. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yes, it's actually something they did about three years ago was the last time they did it. It was a fan favorite in the past, uh, in the pre-COVID times, but it's back. Mm. And it's coming back this week at Thin Man Elmwood. It's called Sometimes Science is More Art Than Science. It's a beer, it's a fruited sour, 5.2% AVB flavored Mango, lime, all kinds of stuff. All kinds of different flavors. We love that. It was a favorite the last time it was there. And now you can stop in this week to get it either a bottle, or sorry, not bottle, can or Draft. So if you want to bring some home or if you just want to drink uh, some draft beer there, it's available at the uh, Thin Man Elmwood location. We love that.
0: And on top of that, if you're looking for a reason to go to Thin Man coming up, as we had talked about, of course, we'll soon be announcing our first trivia night that we'll be hosting there. But on top of that, if you'd like to host or if you'd like to hang out with myself, Taylor, and our pal Yvonne from our last episode, my band Slow Animals will be playing at Thin Man Elmwood on December 17th.
1: Yes, I'm putting that in my calendar right now. There you I go. Don't forget.
0: <clears throat> you should all put it in yours as well if you're looking for something to do. December seventeenth, Thin Man Elmwood. But we love Thin Man very, very much. <clears throat> very grateful to have them as a sponsor, and we're really excited again to start rolling out the details on some of those events that we're going to be having later this year. Hundred percent. And into next year.
1: Yeah. All right. So, I'm uh, gonna we'll move on to so, something well, the, that I promised we would talk about. With, go ahead. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, I promised when I married out of drinking that we would have a tage for heart conversation. Yes, we would. Yes, we would. <laughs> so I I don't think that uh, he's not the favorite for the heart right now. However, however. However. Do we think he's going to get heart votes? Because I kind of do.
0: I also kind of do if he continues to play at this pace. If he scores, if he goes north of 90 points and the Sabres are 500, I think he does.
1: I think he gets votes. Now, he can't. And the Sabres aren't really in a position to make a playoff run, unfortunately, at the no. moment. If they were, I think he'd have a way better look. That seems to matter with voters a lot. But, I mean, he's going to be a potentially a top-ten scorer in the league. Yeah, he's just—I think he's
0: 11th right now. Tied for 11th, <laughs> I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Uh And, Jesus, as we're talking about major awards here, not only should we be talking about tage for heart votes, we should talk about— Rasmus Dalin for being a Norris finalist. That's a possibility. Quarterway mark of the NHL season. NHL.com had him in the top three in terms of vote getters so far, uh, along with Eric Carlson and Cal McCarr. So pretty crazy stuff there.
1: Honestly, yeah, I mean... At the, I, 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 Carlson's thing is especially crazy. Two years ago, people were saying he's the worst contract in the league, and mm-hmm. now he still makes probably too much money, but yeah. like, look at how much he's scoring. It's unbelievable for a terrible 30 team. points
0: though, so far, and he's, 30, been,
1: he's on pace for 100 points on a terrible team.
0: He's putting up like Ottawa numbers right now, and on-ice impacts for that matter as well. Also, as we're talking about awards, are we going to... When, when is somebody going to be brave enough to start banging the drum... Uh, not the Owen Power or Jack Quinn Calder conversation. The J.J. Paterka Calder conversation. Who will be brave enough, Taylor? I will.
1: Well, are you sure? No, not right now. But <laughs> who is the favorite right now? Baneers, probably?
0: Baneers, yeah, I would say so.
1: Yeah, points tend to carry a lot of weight in that conversation, yep. unfortunately. Hey, here's the thing, though. Another thing I wanted Logan to Logan Thompson up there, too, actually. Oh, my God, yeah. If he keeps this up, he's probably going to do it. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Uh. But with Tage, what I wanted to mention is that he's been awesome at both ends of the ice. He's been scoring like crazy. He might score 50 goals. Now, if he finishes this year with 50 goals, 90 points, he could be top five, right? I mean, he probably won't be a finalist. If he scores
0: 40 goals, he's getting... He'll probably make top... I bet he'd be top 10 if
1: he scores 40. Yeah, it's just been unbelievable. I'm trying to look at heart odds on DraftKings right now. Uh, Let's see. I don't know. It doesn't look like I can find him. But anyway, I don't know if they... They would still have hard odds at this point, right? I would think, yeah. Yeah. Well, let me see. Anyways, though. Him. But anyway, yeah. So, yeah. Thompson is someone that I feel like he's in the conversation as much as any Saber has. The only comparison I would have is probably the 1920 Eichel season. That wasn't a full season, so it doesn't count. Mm-hmm. Didn't finish dinner, which was 100% his fault. And it's <laughs> something that he could control. There you go. Uh, so, And another thing I wanted to mention is... Jeff Skinner also on pace to have another thirty-plus goal season. Amazing. And so was
0: Alex Tuck. Amazing, making that contract seem more and more bearable as we go here, which is is great, and I think it's again another positive for Granado, which is something that I think we're all trying to find more and more <laughs> of lately because there's some been some questionable decisions, we'll say, uh, namely I, I you know worth bringing up. What are they doing with Krebs? Like, what what, what are we doing? I think here? I
1: think Krebs has to go to Rochester. I, they can't, you can't just keep sticking him in the in the box like this, or just screwing around, right?
0: Playing him on the fourth line, it, it's, it's brutal. But in terms of maybe him getting more opportunities, one thing that definitely is worth worth bringing up: Jeff Merrick calling yes. the Sabers the dark horse and wondering if something is coming. For the Jacob Checkrin trade that has been speculated for going on two years now. Checkrin will have two years left on his deal at the conclusion of this season. The Sabres... It feels like they're kind of perfectly positioned for something like this right now where you just, as we talked about in the offseason, you have this wealth of assets and I think that it's adding somebody into the young core rather than getting somebody who's maybe a little bit outside of it. Of course, an extension is going to need to come two years down the line, but if he's able to fit into that top four and you can figure out a way for either him or Power to comfortably move to the right side so that they could be a pair with each other. That is an investment that I think is absolutely worth making. again, fortifying and solidifying that defense, that top four, I mean, with a guy like Cheran coming into the mix where he's playing as a one in Arizona and has been, but you bring him here and you can use him as a three, we'll call it, even a four potentially. I mean he's not better or he's better than Samuelson is, of course, but in terms of like positionally and like where he would rank among the hierarchy, him being the third. Go-to guy, and taking <coughs> excuse me, some of that responsibility off of his plate that he's been having in Arizona. I think it would do wonders for this team, and I think it's the kind of move that signals to the current core, we believe in what you guys are doing. Here's a little help. Let's go after this and keep trying to improve here. What are your thoughts?
1: Absolutely, yeah. It's, it seems like the kind of guy that's perfect to play on a, a second pairing. If I mean, Dally, he was right-handed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. That's that's the one thing that the... Man, the handedness. What an annoying thing. But anyway, yeah, he... As a guy uh, who, who was drafted in the the top half of the first round of the 2016 draft, you would figure maybe he'd be more of a number one. Uh, and I think he's more of a number one on a team that's not great. I, I think coming to the Sabres, you'd have Dalene as your real number one and Owen Power going into probably either a 1B or the having Dalene be his 1B. We'll see how good he ends up being. And... Chikorin sliding in behind there, not that those guys have to be. Obviously, we prefer they're not a pair. So Chikorin sliding in as the the third most important defenseman on a team, that'd be great. He's almost overqualified to do that. So that's something I'd be really interested in. And I'm also really interested in wondering, what do the Coyotes want?
0: Yeah, I think it's – well, and one thing before we get to a potential return that I do want to bring up too is we're talking about this in the context of Samuelson and Darlene needing to be attached to each other. Samuelson has played some time on the right side, and you could convince me very easily <clears throat> to sign me up for a Daline and Chekran first pair with Daleen on the right, Chekran on the left, and then the second pair is Power on the left and Samuelson on the right, because not to oversimplify it, but knowing what we know about Samuelson why can't what he does for Darlene apply to what he could do for Owen Power as well if he's able to capably play on the right hand side? You know what I mean?
1: Hundred percent. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Yeah, I'd, and man, at that point you'd have some of the best uh, top two pairings in the league. Hundred percent. I don't. You know, you could just forget about the other pairing for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we don't <laughs> Which honestly it doesn't even have to be that bad. If it a Bryson and Pilot, would be yeah. the last pairing. Then it doesn't have to be that bad. Mm-mm. Just forget about the other fellow. So let's talk about fellas. a cost. Finnish fellas got to go over there Yeah, the, the Finnish
0: fellas will be gone next year. He has to be. We can't keep doing this. But does he go over in the trade? Maybe. Yeah. Pro- yeah, actually, yeah. They They're going to the NHL money. They will. Yeah, so yeah. you could do that. I mean, you're going to be talking about a protected first for sure. And then you're you're talking about one of the good young guys. So probably a Rosine Roseanne, yeah. or an Ostland or who knows.
1: Yuri Coolidge.
0: I was even going to say Krebs.
1: Krebs, yeah, shit. I mean... At this point, if you're not – if they're they, – they claimed Tyson Joe, so they didn't have to play Krebs, basically, right?
0: I mean, that, or they just felt it was worth picking up. But, again, it's like you're just taking up spots. So I guess you, that is yeah, kind of what you have to Shane's fall to. Yeah, Shane's gone, obviously, now. Yeah.
1: They bought – not bought Shane out, but
0: – They put him on unconditional waivers, yeah. Yeah,
1: so he's gone. Uh, so, yeah, I guess – to me, if, if you're really just not going to play Krebs, you're going to put him in unfavorable spots – Put him back in Rochester. We saw how <sighs> how a talented young player can be ruined by just playing, it was just being between the box and the fourth line. Like, look at how Tage was just wasted for a couple of years doing that. No, I agree.
0: I, I mean, agree. he was on the
1: taxi squad not that long ago.
0: I just feel like the real answer here, though, is is just making a, a, a trade, like a... Let me give you another option here, okay? Obviously, we're talking about checkering on the inverse of this, though, and I guess this is also creating more uh, congestion in the forward group. What if... We trade for Jason Roberts. What if you trade for Marco Rossi, who's been in the press box pretty consistently these days for Minnesota right now? They just picked up Ryan Reeves and are playing him over Rossi. What if you are able to approach Bill Guerin and you're able to say... Hey, you know, we'll give you a young, good piece back in exchange for Rossi, in addition to Victor Olufsen, who has 11 goals so far this year and is going to add a scoring punch and help give you a bump to your power play. And then on top of that, too, maybe you throw in like another mid level prospect or something along those lines because I think Rossi is a guy that is held in pretty high regard. But is that an option? Because I think also, too, like, I just keep going back to it. like something's gonna have to give with Olafson and Middlestad here. Like, is this really worth it for us to continue doing this? I know they had a nice little play with each other on uh, against New Jersey on that two-on-one, and it was great. And Middlestad, <clears throat> again, you know, at points. And same thing, <clears throat> same thing with Olafson. You know, they they show off their offensive prowess here and there. They show a little bit of a burst in their skating here and there. That kind of makes us all be like, oh wow, have they caught the step? But it's so inconsistent. That it's like every few games we're just like hoping that we're going to see that out of them and then we get a little bit of a taste of it and then it goes away again and they just, again, are are we, what is more valuable, continuing to do that with them or you trade those guys, bring some assets back, maybe it helps on the blue line, maybe it adds <clears throat> A pick, Maybe it adds more youth to another young forward coming back that can play in Rochester or is in juniors or something. And then you're able to insert Krebs into the lineup and get him the minutes that he actually needs because it makes no sense playing him on the fourth line. Does it make sense playing Casey Middlestad on the fourth line as the center? Absolutely, I think it does. Krebs, not at all in my opinion. Krebs, as we've talked about, for what Asplund was able to do with Olafson he was also showed in the short stint that he's able to do that with Krebs as well and i feel like those two belong together on the third line and then you slot middle sat down onto the fourth line it just again it's it's just how we're handling the assets that we have here and it's it's something that we have to continue to question again like this is the reality of it and with having the assets that we have and the young guys that we have it it matters how we're approaching this right now. Not everybody's going to be like Tage where you can have him in and out of the press box and you're thinking that you're completely screwing with his development and then he just turns into a dynamite elite center. You know, like that's that's an anomaly in this.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I absolutely. You need to start giving either He has to go one of those two ways. It's the worst thing you could do to a young guy is just stick him in the box every night. Right. That goes for Minnesota, too. Really, really disappointing in my potential Stanley Cup pick. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's it's temporary, too. I mean, who knows?
0: All it takes is an injury to maybe Minnesota's forward group, and then Rossi comes up, plays great, doesn't go back down.
1: Yeah.
0: Same could be said for the Sabres here with Krebs.
1: 100%. Yeah, for sure. I mean, every other year, basically, in my life, the Sabres have had way more injuries to forwards. Yeah. This year, they were all to defensemen for some reason. But, yeah. Did you see, by the way, our old friend Marcus Flino get tossed from a game for arguing a call? Like I did. MLB manager? What the hell was that? That
0: was so weird. I don't I've understand I've never seen that. that. There's been a lot of weird officiating stuff going on. Did you see the other day that Connor Hallibuck, like, straight up called for a rule change too in a press conference, which I feel like is a pretty unprecedented thing? No. In the NHL? What do you say? Let me figure out what it was. it was. It was with regard to, I believe, that he had gotten his helmet knocked off. Yeah. And the play continued on. They didn't blow it dead right away. And he was saying that I think that the way the rule is written right now is that, like, it, what he was saying it should be as if it is not an immediate scoring chance that is about to happen, that the play needs to be called dead immediately. And I guess that's not necessarily that the way that the rule is written right now.
1: Yeah, which is oh. like a
0: huge safety concern. That is,
1: absolutely, yes, because it's not that hard for a goalie's helmet to come off either. Right. So
0: right. Huh. It just seems like there's been a, a a spike in officiating issues these past couple weeks here. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting indeed. Do you have any other thoughts you'd like
1: to share, Taylor? Before we sign off for the day. Well, is there anything else? I mean, we probably. I mean, we have more episodes to talk about some of this other stuff, but we could probably talk the second line maybe later this week and yeah, yeah. Let's well, we'll see do that for how Thursday. It looks. You know, going forward, Well, yep. we'll have at least one more game before we talk again. I believe
0: two because we have Detroit on Wednesday. Oh, also. we do have Detroit. Maybe we'll talk during the Detroit game. Yeah, uh, excellent. What's your recommendation for today?
1: Uh, have I rec-, rec Man, did I? I did recommend that already. That the thing I'm thinking of. Ah, uh, there's something I know I should be recommending. Let me check to make sure. There's. A... So I'm trying to think. I didn't finish a show late lately. I don't think. I. Let me see. There's a billion movies that I'm going to see probably in December. Uh, Glass Onion is out in theaters now. I
0: need to see that. I'm so excited for that one. Yeah, that's going to be
1: fun. Uh, let's see. Hmm, You know what I watched when I was on vacation and it was just a, a, a nice thing that I, I hadn't seen in a while? What's that? Pineapple Express. What a great flick. Pineapple Express is so much more funny than <laughs> I remember. Just There's so much to the movie. There's probably like 20 or 30 lines when I watched it. That I, I don't know. I like really, really loud. Like yeah. Bill Hader being in the first scene of the movie, and a scene that ends up being like ninety eight percent irrelevant by the mm-hmm. end of the movie. Not not sure why they kept it, but Bill Hader was so good in it. Uh, Danny McBride, that was his first. Like that's that's the role that really, I think, brought him to America. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, the widespread American audience. Yeah, yeah, Like he was in Hot Rod. I was going to say that in like, Hot Rod. Yeah. No money. Pineapple Express actually did pretty well in theaters. What's better, Hot Rod or Pineapple Express? Hot Rod. Hot Rod's like the best movie ever. I think the I best would movie agree I've with that. Seen. Bill Hader also in that. I
0: know, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> he, he has these great supporting roles in this. Uh, movies.
1: Joe Latrullio's role in uh, Pineapple Express. Mm-hmm. He's the principal. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. Amazing. His whole deal. Yep. Uh, the guy, I have no idea who this is. The guy who is friends with so if you don't remember Seth Rogen dates a high schooler in this movie and he's twenty five, <laughs> and the other high school guy who like he thinks likes his girlfriend you remember that the dude the dude yeah is like weird yeah energy. I haven't seen the movie he's in a bit, bit
0: but I remember now yeah yeah uh
1: he's like he's talking to her and she's like oh my god your Jeff Goldblum impression was so funny I almost made my pee my pee, almost made me pee my pants and he goes ha I wish. <laughs> he Jesus. does a bunch of other stuff that's super funny <laughs> my god sure he ends it with like high fiving we're so gonna go and let's suck today's dick
0: <laughs> oh yeah
1: oh my god that old movie is so is so funny and Danny McBride everything in, he says it, it is hilarious uh, he's married to Stormy Daniels in it weirdly oh my god dude they're yeah I really he's making a birthday cake for it. his dead cat yep oh yep. my god what a great movie insane uh, I miss when they used to make comedies <laughs> those were the days remember
0: back then yeah Oh my goodness. All right. Very nice. I'm going to go with a song from mine today. I will go with one off of what I think is in the top 10 best albums of all time. Bob Dylan's Highway 61 Revisited. I will go with the song Queen Jane Approximately. I've been listening to that one a lot lately. Who's your random favorite Savers player of the episode?
1: Rhett Warner.
0: Rhett Warner. Who was at the game on Wednesday? No shit. Was he really? All right. I'm going to go with Milan Bartovich.
1: I don't know who that is.
0: You don't remember him? (laughs) He was like a 2003 era Sabre. Wow. Oh, yeah.
1: Damn. Bartovic
0: or Bartovic. I, I don't know. Either way. Well, damn. That'll about do it for us, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Straight Up Sabers presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both of the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites, whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode. Make sure you're checking out all of our fellow shows. And also make sure you're following both of our presenters on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where you can also find us, Straight Up Sabers. And again, whatever streaming platform you're currently listening to this episode on, leave us a nice review or a rating. We would very, very much appreciate it last but not least make sure you're checking out both of our sponsors of this podcast first we have DraftKings. make sure you use that promo code thpn at checkout to take advantage of great deals and of course thin man brewery the presenting sponsor of this podcast we love thin man folks we know you will too if you haven't been there and if you have been there get the hell back there because thin man rules you can never go wrong going out there whether it's out for drinks whether it's for a business meeting or just for dinner or lunch with the live fam. music live music trivia, whatever it is trivia. occasionally everything it's it's the place where dreams come true so make sure we should actually see if they want to get that uh trademark <laughs> the where, place yeah, where dreams come i true. think that that'd be great um but thank you so much for tuning in everybody we'll be back with a brand new episode on thursday this is Ben straight up sabers